0: Hello, this is Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, and welcome to my global classroom. Well, I wish to file today's discussion under the heading, We Need to Talk. I don't know how many of you saw or read the opinion piece in the New York Times a couple of days ago, but as a professor who teaches at a historically black college, the article forced me to sit up and take notes. In a nutshell, Florida governor in 2024 presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis is attempting a cultural takeover of New College, a small public school in Sarasota, Florida. New College enrolls nearly 700 students and lists as one of its core values and I quote, building a just, diverse, equitably inclusive, sustainable community. In its place, DeSantis hopes to revamp the institution along the lines of its polar opposite Hillsdale College, a private conservative school, ultra conservative school in Michigan. So what's the problem? Nothing much, except the Santa scheme includes abolishing critical race theory, as well as dismantling any courses focusing on LGBTQ issues, and not to mention a direct assault on new college's diversity, equity, inclusion program. His goal is to unveil legislation that will abolish these programs at all state schools. And here's my concern, if DeSantis and his team are successful with this institutional makeover at New College, what will stop him from doing and using the same strategy on Florida's four HBCUs? We're talking FAMU, we're talking Edwards Waters. We're talking Florida Memorial and we're talking Bethune-Cookman College. Unfortunately, Ron DeSantis is not alone in his misguided quest, nor is he making any attempt to conceal his bias and unfounded theories. His desire to rid the state of diversity, equity and inclusion programs sounds eerily similar to the undoing of EEOC and affirmative action more than 50 years ago. And how does he plan to do it? by capitalizing on the hidden fears of his dwindling demographic. Through his rhetoric and fear-mongering overtones, he has suggested that for some of his constituents, if they fail to raise and make their voices heard, obviously their position, place, and stature just might be called into question. DeSantis and those who think like him, You know, they see diversity, equity, and inclusion as a zero-sum proposition. In other words, my winning causes the loss of another. You know, nothing can be further from the truth. To the contrary, I've never felt disdain, nor have I ever taken offense to that one group among us who've been privileged their entire life, who've been pushed to the front, escorted to center stage, seated at the head of the table from the moment of their birth, they've been moved to the front of the line and because of their very race and gender, they always knew that they would be valued and protected. I mean, that's human nature. I mean, just think of it, me, you. I mean, if we were given that type of privilege, who would want to give that up? But thankfully life is not zero sum and neither am I. My ability to win does not decrease your ability to succeed also. And I can only imagine what Napoleon Hill would think. I mean, here was a white southerner who in 1969, during the height of racial oppression, worked feverishly to finish a book specifically geared to African-American readers. And he had the hope that we would finally be included in a system that, according to Hill, was never constructed for us in the first place. By agreeing and completing Hill's final work, I was thrown into this diversity, equity, and inclusion cauldron whether I wanted to address the the subject or not. So allow me to set all parties at ease and openly state why diversity, both generationally and racially, is needed now more than ever. According to McKinsey and Credit Swiss Bank, Increasing workplace diversity makes good business sense in every area of business development. We're talking from brand awareness and brand equity to customer loyalty and to employee engagement. Furthermore, McKinsey clearly stated that diversity fuels innovation and customer insight. Forbes magazine shared that ethnically diverse companies perform 33% better than the norm and the best workplaces for diversity enjoy 24% higher revenue growth. And if that is not enough, according to the World Economic Forum, they projected that by 2045, 22 years from now, America will be a minority-majority country. And let us not forget that generations Y and Z, two of the most racially diverse age groups, will soon comprise 30% of our workforce. So in short, if your organization is not diverse and workforce ready, your business will not be sustainable and you will not survive, period. So these are some of the benefits of diversity. The Men and women who lead diverse and inclusive organizations create an environment where every employee is valued, protected, and respected. But it takes courage to do so. Hiring, retaining, and promoting individuals who do not look, talk, or think like you can indeed be daunting and costly. So I would suggest those who might buy in with Ron DeSantis shallow thinking to speak to the CEOs of Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines, and here is why. After numerous presentations and too many meetings to count, Carl Ware, while serving as the highest ranking African-American for Coca-Cola, finally got the Atlanta-based bottler to see the light, but it damn near took all of his time and energy. I mean, it was like pulling teeth. 30 years ago, he convinced Coke's Ivy League white male-dominated C-suite execs that nearly one billion potential customers lay away in Africa, ready to enjoy a refreshing Coca-Cola, a thought that they had never considered. And because of car efforts, Coke's bottom line looks a lot different. Today, Africa is second only to North America in total sales and market share. And wait, there's more. Ambassador Andy Young is known as an individual who routinely celebrates the difference in others. But his faith was put to the test when he literally had to beg Delta Airlines number 23 on the Fortune 500 list to open a route between either Nigeria or South Africa. For nearly two decades, Young heard every excuse in the book, but thankfully this corporate game changer knew better, and Delta Airlines today is eternally grateful. Why? Because flight number 238 from Hartsfield-Jackson Airport to Cape Town, South Africa is one of Delta's five most profitable flights. Well, I've stated my case, so please hear me loud and clear. With regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion, good attentions and lip service are not enough. The process requires bridge building replete with care, commitment, and accountability. Led by folks who know the truth, like me, and are here to help. So until next time, this is Dr. Dennis Kimbrough in the Global Classroom. And never forget, your wealth choice is arguably your best choice. God bless.